Welcome to the 23rd episode of season two of the Indo Techno podcast. I'm Alan Hallowell, founder of tech consultancy Gizmo Advisors and venture partner at Alpha JWC Ventures. According to online research portal Statista, China 2020 e commerce gross merchandise value, or GMV for short, totaled an astonishing 11.3 trillion renminbi. This represents more than 12% of China's GDP last year, and this is up from roughly 0% 15 years prior. Indonesia's e-commerce GMB last year totaled 40 billion US dollars, which was only 1.5% of the country's GDP, and thus suggesting massive long-term upside for online sales. Today's guests, Brian Marshall and Andreas Tamarin, are co-founders of Circlo, one of Indonesia's leading e-commerce enablers. Circlo's sole purpose is to help small, mid-sized, and enterprise brands to sell online. Gentlemen, looking forward to discussing Indonesia's prospects for future e-commerce growth with you today. Thanks a lot for joining. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me here today. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be able to have a chat with you. Been a long-time follower of your podcast as well. You guys are very kind. I believe Brian is today sitting in Jakarta, and Andreas, you are in Sydney, if I'm not mistaken. So we've got a truly multi-country forum today. Now, Brian, maybe starting with you, can you share with us the origin story of Circlo? So back then in 2013, exactly eight years ago, I think that was the day when a lot of my friends, same age with me, started their own businesses. When they start their businesses, a lot of them are looking into the online opportunities. A lot of them start from messaging apps or forums to sell online. But then after a while, once they want to go more professional, they will look for an option to sell in web store, to sell online. And that's at the beginning of our first solution, which we call today Circle Store. In 2016 or early 2017, that was the time when we expanded the e-commerce enabler business, which focused in marketplaces which is primarily adapting to the market situation back then when marketplace start to lead e-commerce growth. And last year, we expanded again to another business line, which is basically an enterprise e-commerce software solution by acquiring a company named iCube. After receiving a lot of feedback and requests for enterprise clients to have a more customized and sophisticated solution. And just to clarify, Brian, when you say marketplaces, you're referring to Shopee, Tokopedia, Bukalapak, is that correct? Exactly, correct. Fantastic. Well, that's some very helpful background to kick off the discussion. Now, Andreas, if you don't mind, can you tell us how much of our work today do you feel is portable to other markets in the region? And how much would you say really works only in Indonesia? That's a good question, Alan. I think being a technology company and technology being part of our solution, that first part is a more so-called portable work, I guess, that supposedly can move across to a different region or a different part of the region. You can sell the same software pretty much anywhere as long as you have the right local team, support team, and so on. But I think if we talk about the enabler side of the business, circular commerce, that requires, I think, more deeper thinking. How much do you want to do in the local market when you open up a new market, whether it's Singapore, Malaysia, Vietnam, and so on? How much do you want to put in there? Is it just a BD or do you want to include the account managers, the customer service, the store operations, and so on? I think this topic has come up from time to time, but so far we've remained focused on Indonesia 
being the biggest market in Southeast Asia. That's very understandable. Now, Brian, can you cite some facts and figures around how much we can help grow a brand's GMV, improve its efficiencies, reduce its costs, et cetera? I think, first of all, although we cannot claim or guarantee the success of the client is only because of us, since I think our relationship with our clients mostly are working hand in hand together to grow their businesses. Now, I think I can give you some examples. First one would be we help a lot of small, medium fashion brands using our SaaS product. And we have seen a lot of cases where two times growth year on year is pretty common. And in some cases, we do even see two times growth month on month. Now, I can also share with you today on the enterprise end of our clients, we help an Australian vitamin brand that have been known offline, but then we help them start their online presence. And within the first few months itself, we have seen how they can enlarge their consumer base as well as their transactions and not cannibalizing what they do have offline previously. Excellent. Well, those are some great data points. Andreas, in what areas have e-commerce metrics for the average client improved most in the past year? Has it been delivery time? Has it been a reduction in return rates? Or are there other areas where we've seen the most dramatic improvement? I think generally as the market matures, we see the consumer expectations also rise. This is driven by some of the stakeholders, such as marketplaces. When they do merchant acquisitions, they do education for the merchants to serve the consumers better. Or payment platforms such as Gojek doing promotions, therefore enabling many first-time consumers to order online and experience for the first time what ordering online means. For our circular store clients, we have seen the sign-up rates also increase. So over time, since we started in 2013, year on year, we see rapid growth in the later years, later part of the decade. This is a self-service SaaS product. So it shows that the merchants are more educated. They are more ready or they're more willing to take the jump online. For our circular commerce products, which is the end-to-end channel management service for brands, Since we sell on the marketplace, we can see that the consumer expectations also increase dramatically. In the past five years, six years, they would have been happy with three to four days delivery within Jakarta or Jabodetabek, or even up to a week or two for some outer islands. But now they expect same-day shipping for many orders. So as a matter of fact, we want to keep up with the consumer expectations. And therefore, ever since two years ago, our warehouses already operate 24-7. Typically, our orders will get processed out the door within 12 hours. So I think all the metrics are really supporting the fact that e-commerce is growing and consumers are happy to get on board. Once they shop once, twice, and so on, they will become more used to it and therefore their expectations also increase. So whether it's delivery time, whether it's satisfaction in terms of returns or even promotions. So I think all these are very good for the ecosystem. Absolutely. Now, Brian, I guess a brand, broadly speaking, can sell through a platform like Shopee, Tokopedia, and Lazada, or through its own quote-unquote dot-com site. What percent of our clientele's GMV flows through these marketplaces, and what percent through their own dot-com site? Well, the number varies depending on the nature of the business as well as the maturity of the business itself. We've seen a couple of even small, medium brands who have loyal followers in social media, and so they prefer to have their own brand.com rather than selling on their marketplaces. 
However, on the other hand, we've also seen examples where established offline brands would like to, you know, first try in marketplaces rather than to jump right into their own brand.com. Now, I think what's interesting to see is that I think even though the beginning or the starting point can be different from brand to brand, eventually we believe and we've seen cases where they will end up using all those channels effectively together. Now, I think apart from that fact, I would also like to highlight that these are not the only two options for brands.com or marketplace in general. But I think here in Circlo, we also believe that it's still early days and we will still see more channels being brought about in the market, such as perhaps social commerce channel, in which, again, I would say that an effective brand would like to tap all those channels rather than just choosing specifically one channel. Yeah, I can understand the idea of leveraging whatever efficient channels exist, and I assume that evolves with time. Now, Brian, maybe a follow-up for you. What is our general business model? Do we charge as a percentage of GMV? And if so, what global comps can we cite to our audience as we think about a reasonable take rate longer term? I think here in Silclo, this is one area where we think in Indonesia we also bring innovation in which we simplify the business model to only two components mainly. One is subscription fee, and on top of that is a transaction fee. Now, I think that applies to all of our business units. So I'm not talking only about our SaaS offerings, but even our merchant solutions, such as our e-commerce enabled solution, also use the same formula, which is the subscription fee and transaction fee. Now, in terms of the take rate itself, I would say that I think our global competition also says that somewhere between few percents all the way until a bigger single digit percentage is reasonable as a take rate for our business from the total GMV that we help our clients to generate. That's a very healthy rate as a percentage of GMV. So that's quite encouraging. Now, Andreas, do we expect the mix to shift more toward marketplace or toward .com and why? I think with marketplaces in Indonesia consolidating, there will be a few clear winners in the country. Just like in China, there are Tmall and JD. And of course, there are many other more niche players. This means that they all have their own loyal consumers. For brands who want the reach, they need to be present here in all the marketplace channels. But for brands who want to maintain their loyal consumers, they also need to have a strong brand.com. But in terms of shift, there are two schools of thought. The China model, where because of the strengths of the two major marketplaces and the super app paradigms, everyone is doing everything on the super apps, leaving a rather small room for brand.coms. Whereas the US model, where yes, there's Amazon, there's eBay, but retailers also have their own very strong presence on their own websites. So I think at this stage for Indonesia, it is too early to call it. There's even opportunity for new channels to come up something which may be unique to the country or to the region. So we keep exploring things such as social commerce or even integration with WhatsApp or TikTok. I think these are potential candidates for Indonesia to have a unique selling channels. Very interesting. Yeah, it would seem as though you have to be very nimble, particularly given just ByteDance's recent rise through TikTok as an e-commerce channel. Andreas, what exactly were the ups and downs for our clients on the COVID roller coaster of 2020? In which months were the peaks and when were the troughs? 
When COVID strikes in March last year, the initial reaction was the necessity to distribute essential products, such as hand sanitizers. We see many offline outlets suddenly had to shut down. We see distribution companies unable to distribute their products to their consumers, and there's a huge pent-up demand by the consumers. So we work very closely with some of our principals, since we happen to handle a lot of consumer goods, fast-moving consumer goods brands. We also work very closely with marketplaces, Tokopedia and Shopee and Bukalapak. So we are able to distribute hundreds of thousands of sanitizers, just to name one. So April was the initial peak when this happened. This continued to happen over the months, not as high as the first month, but it carried on as consumers have a new habit to ensure their safety. The second stage was when the retailers suddenly realized that the government-mandated store closures means that their sales turned to zero. They had to find a method to sell online. So this is when our circular store solution got hit with a lot of requests and signups and onboarding. And keep in mind that this all happened with all our staff having to work from home and they have to adjust as well right, to serve our clients remotely. This is, I think, one thing that I'm quite proud of, our company being able to adjust and take care of our clients even as we ourselves had to experience this downturn. Although the spike is not as pronounced anymore, we still see the growth on a month-on-month basis up to now even. That's great news. So Brian, what are the toughest e-commerce problems that we are trying to solve currently in Indonesian e-commerce? I think the keyword is the fragmentation of everything. In terms of channel, we have fragmented channels. And in terms of logistic, geographically, we also have fragmented islands, right? So I think those are the two tough challenges which we currently face. For both problems, we are currently working on some solutions. For example, in terms of the back-end platform, that's one area where we are going to invest even more moving forward so that from the merchant or seller point of view, regardless of how many channels there are out there in Indonesia, they can simplify the management through one back-end. Now, on the other hand, I think to serve the many and ever-growing internet consumers in Indonesia, which are spread across islands, we are also working with our logistic partners to actually give a simple experience for the consumers as well as for the merchants to ship with such accuracy as well as timeliness regardless of where they are. I think those are the two main challenges that we are currently working on. I can understand if you can break those bottlenecks, you could really add to the growth that we've seen recently. Brian, what are our growth targets in terms of brands onboarded? GMV supported by the end of this year, 2021, and maybe by the end of 2022? In terms of growth, I think while I cannot mention specific numbers in our metrics, I think overall, we've seen at least 100% growth year on year on all of our metrics in the past one to two years. And we see that there is no reason why we wouldn't get as much growth in the next one to two years as well. In fact, so far, our result in the first five months gave us a hope that we can grow even more than what we expected. That's truly encouraging. Now, Brian, we've done M&A over the past few years with companies such as iCube and Orami. What considerations drove each transaction and what have we learned from these two deals alone? So I think, first of all, I think here in Circlo, what we do is we try to bring about solution, whatever it is to help the brands to sell online. And I mentioned earlier as well about how we want to actually simplify all the channels that are in Indonesia through one point of contact. 
as well as one backend. I think the acquisition of the two companies, iCube and Orami, which happened in the past one and two years, is exactly the same. We see that those two companies have also bring about solution for brands to sell online, though they do it differently from how we have been doing it. But I think that's exactly how they can complement the channels that we are currently doing in Circlo. Now, in terms of the lessons, I would say that I think after these two M&A, I've learned that having more leaders working together in a group is pretty helpful. Here in Indonesia, overall talent is one of the challenges as well. And having to work with more leaders, more seasoned leaders in iCube as well as in Orami together towards the same goal to help brands sell online and to solve some of the toughest challenge in e-commerce in Indonesia is really something that gives me a more positive spirit moving forward. That's great to hear. Now, Andreas, we seem to have three broad offerings that we've been discussing throughout this podcast. There's the software, there is services, and there is partnering. Now, do our clients usually subscribe to all three of those services? And which offering is growing the fastest right now? We have designed our solutions to cater for different types of clients in different stage of their business. So some clients may start with store, our circle store. And after a few years, they may, uh, quote-unquote, graduate to a more sophisticated solution, Magento Base or Omnichannel for their retail outlets. We also have clients who need us to run all their online channels, whether it's the web store or whether it's the marketplaces. So we do end-to-end, we do the customer service and everything. And lastly, of course, we also have clients who are new in the game and they require a bit more hand-holding, consultancy, more strategy, even up to the nitty-gritty of the warehousing and the fulfillment. So at the moment, all three of these products or solutions, they are growing at a record pace due to the shifting of the sales to online. It's great to hear. Andreas, you mentioned omni-channel solutions. What does that mean? And what are good examples of successful omni-channel strategies amongst our clientele? Omni-channel is one of those buzzwords that is used by many players in the industry. We already have strong SaaS products that serve entrepreneurs or the SMEs. However, when we talk to many of our enterprise clients, their pain points or their requirements are a bit different. Many of them have come from the offline world where they have successfully built either retail footprints or distribution networks with many warehouses across the nation. So what they need is rather than treating e-commerce as another standalone division, was a way to leverage their network and give a holistic approach for their customers to shop. So one example is a national player, a beauty brand with over 60 outlets who've worked with us for about two years now. Their website their marketplace, they're all integrated with our system and it's all connected to their store point of sale as well. So this allows their stores to fulfill the online orders as well. So I think this is what we would like to define as the omnichannel solution. And this is something that we are investing heavily after the acquisition of iCube, allowing us to be the leader in this segment in Indonesia. That's very futuristic sounding, at least in the Indonesian context, basically being able to merge awareness of stuff like inventory between offline and online. I know that China's been working on that for a while, and it's good to hear this progress you guys have made. Brian, how much do we overlap competitively with Shopify, and with whom else do we compete? I think in terms of Shopify, first of all, I would say that apart from competition, Shopify has been a good role model, a good inspiration. I think they've done tremendous work globally 
And I think in the beginning, we have a lot of similarities. What they offer and what we offer in circular store is pretty much the same. Now, I think in the past couple of years, a lot of people would see that our path sort of being different while Shopify is focusing more on uh, SaaS offering. But here in Indonesia, we try to adapt with the local needs and challenges and also come up with other solutions such as the e-commerce enabler solution. But interestingly, my prediction, I think moving forward, we will again see how we are going to be more similar on competing with Shopify. I think if you've been following the news, I think Shopify has also been eyeing and investing in areas outside of their SaaS offerings. At the same time here in Circlo, we are also, I think, going to see more growth happening in SME market as well. And in our SaaS offering, I have a prediction that moving forward, we'll be more competing with Shopify. But at the same time, I think we are pretty much confident that if a local company like us can put focus in our own market, we can actually come up with a more accurate solution for our market challenges. And we've been doing that as well, I think, in the past year by integrating better with our ecosystem, with our payment, with our logistics, and we'll keep doing that. Fantastic. Andreas, what new service or functionality are we proudest of having delivered over the past year? I think just like any other startups, there's been many proud moments when we build things from scratch and we are able to alleviate the pain points that our users have. But if I have to pick one, I think one of the major ones that we have is when we introduce Circular Commerce, our second solution. At that time, I remember I spoke to Brian, you know, do we want to sell the service or do we want to sell the software for the users to use? In the end, at that point in time, we decided to introduce the service, the end-to-end service to the principals, to the clients rather than just giving them the software and, and let them run with it. So that enabled us to enter the big principles, the consumer goods market, the fashion brands, because they realized that what they need at that time was not software, but what they needed was a partner able to work with them and fulfill all the orders, build the store, create the SKUs, descriptions, photos, and everything. So in order to be able to do that efficiently, we actually built the first APIs with many online marketplaces, Tokopedia, Shopee, at that time, Matahari Mall and so on, enable us to serve the orders efficiently. This enable us to leverage the inventory efficiently. And being able to do that means we are able to offer simple pricing structure for the principals to sell online. Part of that solution also requires us to build our own OMS and WMS because at that time, there's no such software in the market that enable us to fulfill B2C orders, peace speaking and so on. Maybe you can share with us what OMS and WMS stand for. OMS uh, is order management system. We are able to pull in orders from every single channel and marketplace and consolidate this into sequential orders that we push into our WMS, which is the warehouse management system. This is the software that our team on the ground, they use to pick every single order before we pack this and put this into airway bill number with our courier partners before they get picked up and sent to the consumers. So that is one of my biggest proud moments working with Brian in Circle. Fantastic. Brian, what are the one to two greatest innovations that Circlo is likely to deliver to the Indonesian e-commerce world this year and in 2022? I think I would first mention how a fully integrated backend is not there yet in the market. Even with our work in the past eight years, I think we are still on the way to really provide a seamless and good single uh, seller or merchant center. 
I think that's going to be something that will be even more ready than ever to bring about that innovation in market. Now, I think related with that, I would say that we will also come up with new channels on top of marketplace channels and brand.com. We will be introducing a couple more channels for brand to sell online. And that will also link to their offline presence. So I think doubling back to what Andreas has mentioned earlier about our omnichannel concept, this full integrated backend will also serve not only the online online channel, but even the offline. I think the future is going to be online as well, even for the offline merchants. Now, the second point, apart from the backend that I keep talking about just now, we also see that after eight years of our experience, we're actually sitting on pretty sizable data that we are currently working on to turn into intelligence so that moving forward, our merchants and sellers can be assisted in their growth strategy by the intelligence that our software can provide. Excellent. So some interesting initiatives in store in areas ranging from O to O, backend integration, and big data and intelligence. Well, gentlemen, absolutely fascinating to gain these on-the-ground insights into your many initiatives to bring Indonesia retail online. I'm looking forward to a steady stream of new innovation and functionality for Indonesia's online and O2O sellers going forward. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Thank you, Alan. Great chat. Thank you, Alan. We hope our listeners have enjoyed today's episode. As always, please consider sharing any feedback that you have about the Indotechno podcast with us. Terima kasih telah mendengarkan. Sampai jumpa lagi.